Advent is a season of preparation. We prepare our hearts for the coming of the birth of, of Jesus Christ. And, and, and Woodmont has gotten the nickname Woodmont Christmas Church over the years because we do Advent really, really well. And, and so Walk Through Bethlehem is next week. I want you to tell people about it. If you haven't signed up for it, I want you to be a part of it because it is a remarkable event. And the best way to experience it is to actually be in it and to see the reactions on, on people's faces. But this is the time of year that we prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus Christ, coming into the world, coming into our lives. I love Christmas. Uh, I always have, ever since I was young. I love Christmas for lots of reasons. I love the energy. I love the music. I love the lights. I, I love the decorations the parties, the gatherings, the concerts, the pageants. I love the movies. I love Clark Griswold, Cousin Eddie, Buddy the Elf, Home Alone, one and two. I love finding gifts and shopping and all the excitement that's on the face of children when they say, how much longer till Christmas? This is a magical time of the year, but it's not necessarily an easy time of the year for many people. Christmas can also be hard because it reminds some people the way life used to be. Maybe when their children were growing up or their spouse was still alive. I think about my mother a lot during Christmas and she was a great lady, full of life and energy. And so growing up in Memphis, she always made sure that we had a, a, a great Christmas. She was fun, had many friends, loved to have parties and entertain, but she suffered from deep depression. And as she got older, it got worse. And ultimately she gave up on life about 18 years ago, but I still think about her all the time. This has been a hard year for the Nashville community. I don't have to tell you that. We think back to the covenant tragedy back in March. Uh, six innocent lives were taken. We lost a nine-year-old girl from this church. And you heard this morning, we have a pink tree down outside of the chapel to honor Evelyn. So bring an ornament from your house and hang it on that, that pink tree to remember her. But that was really hard on this town, on this church. We think about the wars that are raging on. Ukraine, Gaza, all the lives that have been lost, the hostages that are still being held there, the fighting, the bombing, the hate. I, I'm struggling personally right now because over Thanksgiving, I, I lost one of my closest friends from TCU. Zach Mulcaroy and his family were driving down just west of Austin to Johnson City to be with family. And when they were about 15 minutes away, they, uh, a truck crossed over and hit them head on. And it killed Zach. His children, Judson and Lindsay, 12 and nine, and Lauren was airlifted to the hospital, but she is going to survive after lots of surgeries. But now she has to think about rebuilding her life without a husband, without children. Pray for her. You see, he was like a, a brother to me. Uh, we met freshman year at TCU, made lots of memories. He was an incredible person, a husband, a father, a businessman, chair of the elders at University Christian. That's our sister church there. We spent lots of time this past year traveling around the, co the country, watching TCU on, the, on that run that they had last year. And so his death and his children's death has just been a gut punch to Megan and me. It's a tragedy where there really aren't words to say. And so I miss him. But I know this. I need to find some hope this Christmas. 
I'm determined to find some hope this Christmas. And I'm sure many of you are in the exact same boat. You know, many of us enter the Christmas season looking for hope, longing for hope, searching for hope. And so we read these beautiful words of the prophet Isaiah, which foretells the coming of Christ when he says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness on them light has shined. For a child has been born, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he's named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How do you understand hope? And how can we find it at Christmas? How can the birth of Jesus Christ continue to bring hope into a world that seems so full of darkness and heartache and loss and pain? You know, Christian hope is what gives us the courage to go on when terrible things happen, when we lose a loved one, when we go through a divorce, we lose a friend or child, when a family member is diagnosed with cancer, when depression comes back, when a miscarriage happens, when we get betrayed or stabbed in the back, it's in these situations that we need the power of hope. And at Christmas, we find it. One of my theology professors from Princeton said this, he said, Christian hope does not close our eyes to the suffering of the world. Quite the opposite. Christians believe that God cherishes the world, has created and redeemed the world, and wills to have abiding communion with it. So if we hope in fulfilled life after death, then we cannot and should not be indifferent to the suffering in life before death. But we just can't accept some of the things that we see in this world because that's not the way that God wants it to be. Poverty, Racism, anti-Semitism, war, hatred, violence. These are not the things that we're called to lift up. These are the things that we're called to push back against so that we can bring hope to people who are suffering. Today on this first Sunday of Advent, what I want to do is I want to talk about hope. But specifically, I want to talk about different areas of our lives where we all need hope. Or at least I think I need hope and I assume maybe you do as well. Because we know that life is full of pain. We know that life hurts. We know that we all have scars to show it. And so here's some areas where I think we need hope this Christmas. The first one is this. We need hope in the face of pain, suffering, and loss. We know that we cannot go through life without pain. We know that. But there are times in life when we feel like we, we can't push forward. But getting through these difficult times with the help of other people is what makes us who we are. It's what forms our character. You know, Paul says in Romans 5 and Pharaoh read, we boast in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint. And yes, sometimes we wonder how much more character do we need, right? But when you look back at times that you suffered and struggled, you know that it made you stronger. 2 Corinthians 4, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. We all have scars from where we have suffered, but it makes us stronger. 
It gives us a chance to show empathy to other people. I lost another close friend. She was a close friend to many of us four years ago this Christmas. She died of colon cancer. Her name was Issy. She was brave. She fought hard. She defied the odds. But more importantly than that, she used her suffering and her struggle to inspire and challenge others to think deeply about their lives and what's most important, to know their priorities and to live them. Because so many times, you know, we lose focus on that. We need to be reminded that it's faith and it's family and it's friendship and community and service that matters most. And none of us should live our lives as though we're gonna be here forever. I promise you when Zach got in the car with his family to drive to Austin, he had no idea that was gonna be the end. And so the question is, if you, if you thought maybe my life could come to an end at any time, then what would I be doing differently today and right now? Issy would say over and over again, don't take anything for granted. Don't lose your faith because faith and hope go together. You can't have one without the other. And we should never expect to live a life that's free of suffering. That's just not realistic. You know, it feels like there's always funerals during December. As long as I've been in the ministry, that's been the case. And so, you know, people say, well, how can you have a funeral during Christmas? But you gotta remember that Christ brings us hope for eternal life. And we have faith that even in death, that's not the end. And so we sing the carols, mild he lays his glory by, born that we no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. We sing with excitement and joy. Good Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now we need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save. Calls you one, calls you all to gain his everlasting all. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. You see, while many people may see a hopeless end, as Christians, we're always called to see an endless hope. The second area where we need hope this Advent season is in our families, and that can include our marriages. What does that mean? It means that there's a lot of pain and brokenness in our families and the holidays just has a way of bringing it all out. Unsettled conflicts and disputes, tension, family members who we've offended or who have offended us and hurt, you know, marriages that need rekindling, illnesses that cause suffering, people that need to know if they're going through a divorce, it's not the end, you can get through it and you can go on living again and that's why we have the, the classes that we have here. You know, sometimes the hope that we're looking for and longing for needs to start at home. And Christmas is a time to do that, to forgive, to forget, to heal, to rekindle, to move on and start a new chapter. You know, one time a young mother of two small children got the horrible news that her husband had passed away in a car wreck. And it was right before Christmas and somebody said, said how can we celebrate Christmas with this horrible news? And you know what she quickly said? She said, no, 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 don't turn out the lights. Don't undecorate the tree. Christmas was made for such a time as this. It's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Christ was born for such a time as this. So maybe everything in your family is, is great but chances are there's probably some brokenness, some hurt, some pain. So we need to remember that Christmas can be a new beginning, a time to start over, a time to forgive. Uh, if you can't do it at Christmas, then when can you do it? The third area where we need hope this Advent, and I mean this, 
and you guys know this because I've talked to you about this, we need hope when it comes to our civil discourse and politics. And that's not geared at any one party or one president or one candidate. It's a statement about the entire system and what it has become. You know, whether we realize it or not, the digital age has ushered us into a time when politics is a blood sport. And so it's all about the sound bites. It's all about the one-liners holding your ground. It's all about defending your party or your candidate at all costs as if they never do anything wrong. And so it feels like gone are the days of compromise and civility and bipartisanship. You know, some people even say, if you don't agree with my politics, then you are evil. How to get that way? You know, we live in a great country. I hope you all know that. And yes, it has its challenges. But I like what Parker Palmer said. He said, if American democracy fails, the ultimate cause will, will not be a foreign invasion or the power of big money or the greed and dishonesty of some elected officials or a military coup or the international communist, socialist, fascist takeover. It will happen because you and I became so fearful of each other, of our differences and of the future that, that we unravel the civic community on which democracy depends. Losing our power to resist all that threatens it and calls it back to highest forms. Think back, the greatest governments in the history of civilization all imploded from within. A government that is of the people, by the people, for the people is always at risk if we let our divisions, our fears and our hatred rule the day. And politics now causes more rifts in families and friendships and bands in Nashville. What we need more is civility, listening, respect. We don't need more anger, hostility, and rage. Fourth, this Advent season, we need some more hope when it comes to trusting other people. See, trust is the currency of relationships. And when trust gets broken, then there's very little left. Some people are more trusting than others, but if you, if you live long enough, then you know what it's like to be betrayed. You know what it's like to get burned. But at the end of the day, we can't have a community if we don't trust each other. And if we don't tell each other the truth, you know, I believe that trust has to be earned and then sustained. But what do you do when it's been broken? How do you respond? We wouldn't, hurt if we never loved. But what did Tennyson say? It is better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Christmas is a time to see the best in other people, to, to let certain things go, to forgive and to offer new beginnings. And trust is at the heart of that. Lastly, this morning, this Advent season, I think we need hope in our own heart. If we don't have hope in our own heart, then we can't go spread it to other people. If we don't believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today, then we can't live it. Now, now, it might sound like I'm stating the obvious here, but I mean it. Hope starts right here, and then it spreads. You know, Isaiah writes so beautifully, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. The birth of Christ and everything that he represents is what our world needs. He's the light. In a world of hate and division, he teaches us to love. In a world of war and hostility, Christ teaches us peace. In a world of revenge 
And getting even, he teaches us about forgiveness in a world of greed and selfishness. He teaches us to be generous in a world of anger and resentment. He teaches us to turn the other cheek, which is not always easy. Jesus Christ is the remedy to so many of our problems, but the hope that he brings has to start in our hearts. If the kingdom of God does not first start within our hearts, then it never starts. If Frederick Watts was a, a, a 19th century Victorian painter and he once painted this famous picture that now hangs in London at the Tate Gallery and it's called Hope. And, and, and it's a picture of a beautiful woman who's seated upon a globe and she's blindfolded and she holds a lute of which all the strings are broken except for one, but she still plays that one string triumphant over all the world's sin and sorrow, pain and disaster, and that's what hope is. It gives you a feeling of inner peace and security and joy in life, no matter what else may be happening, no matter what's come your way, no matter who you've lost, because you can't let what's going on out in the world take your hope away. You can't. Or as Emily Dickinson once said, hope is the thing with feathers it perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. So Advent is about the coming of Christ and Jesus Christ is and always will be the hope of the world. And it's on that hope that our Christian faith is founded and sustained. But Christmas reminds us that God is real and God is here and nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God. So we hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell, who come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. You have a whole month to get your heart ready for Christmas. So now is the time to do it. Amen.